More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Third hour, Clay and Buck kicks off right now. And we're talking about the immigration issue uh illegal immigration notably and what's happening in some of the big cities right now uh, according to uh, daily mail here migrant family of four in new york city could be eligible under this new pilot program for fifteen thousand two hundred dollars a year of taxpayer cash so this is 15 grand going to a family of four in New York City. It's a 53 million dollar pilot, meaning they want to do more of this, right? The whole purpose of a pilot program is to see how well it works or how much they like the outcome and then want to replicate it. A single migrant will be given 345 dollars a month. A family of three, 932 dollars a month. Uh, and let me see here. Start date for the scheme has not yet been decided. It'll start with 500 families at the Roosevelt Hotel. They're hoping it will get up to 6,500 families. And the claim here is that it's going to save money because of wasted food cost at the uh, migrant shelters, also known as refugee camps. These are refugee camps. They don't use that term because they don't want people to really understand what's going on here. Also to understand that these are not refugees. These are illegal immigrants who are scamming the system. Even Van Jones admitted that, Clay, on that Bill Maher appearance, I should note. He says, yes, yes, people are scamming the system. I have been saying this for six or seven years now since this first hit in the middle of the uh, Trump administration when they started playing games with the asylum claims uh and the democrats lied and lied and lied now that we're over seven million illegals into the country in three years of the biden administration they're willing to admit yeah okay so people have been you know making stuff up this whole time um but anyway they're saying that this is going to save money uh, by giving people money to go spend and that it will have a stimulating effect or a you know a stimulant effect on the economy and this is on top of the $12 billion they say it's going to cost the city of New York. I haven't even gotten to what's happening in Chicago and the feelings there about the uh, migrant crisis and what's going on with the mayor. But let, let's start with this one. So now, Clay, the plan is give people free stuff, give them a card with cash on it for being here illegally and Democrats want to pretend that this is going to somehow help get this under control and not just encourage more of it. This is all just a game, I think, to try and distract, because every one of the polls that comes out, when you look at individual issues, Biden's getting massacred on the border. And so what do they do? They try to get a bill passed and argue that 
Republicans need to take partial ownership of the disaster at the border. Uh, that fails, at least so far it has failed. And now, what do we talk about on Monday, I think? Axios had a report that Biden is now thinking, oh, I'm going to seize control of the border issue by issuing an executive ruling that allows the border to be taken uh, seriously and starts to lock it up and end this asylum uh, insanity where anybody can claim asylum as soon as they cross the southern border. And all of this is, I think, just a desperate ploy to try to take a minus 35 issue and turn it into a minus 17 or 18 issue. And in particular, to move enough independent voters that you make this a winnable election. And you saw, you mentioned Bill Maher. Uh, I was talking about this with my wife. She she watched the uh, the show on Friday. Van Jones said the border is created, is an issue created by Trump. That is the argument now that they are trying to uh, to, to create. Because Trump said no, a crappy solution is not going to solve things on the border. And I'm disappointed, I, I know you are too, at the number of Republicans led by Mitch McConnell that were willing to sign on to a really poor version of a border bill that might make some things a little bit better on the margins, but actually would instill the current situation as the default ex- expectation. I mean, I saw a stat the other day, Buck, this was a good one. When we had uh, Ellis Island, and we were allowing everybody to come in to the country through uh, ships in the late 1800s. You had everybody coming from Italy, Ireland, all over Europe, people were arriving in the United States. Do you know over a 30-year process, we had roughly the same number of people entering the United States as we have had in the first three years of the Biden administration? The report that I saw, the, the historical analogy... And I, I think if you're out there listening to us and you're in media, this would be a fascinating article to write, said that in the 1880s and that wave of immigration that we took in from Europe, when everybody's coming over from Italy, when so many people are coming to the United States, arriving at Ellis Island, as you've pointed out, not everybody got in. There were a lot of people turned away because of health-related reasons. And a lot of people went home because it was too hard to make it here without a welfare state. That's right. And so the number of people that actually entered the country was somewhat similar to what we've seen in the first three years of the Biden administration. I saw 8 million-plus in that era of, we're talking about a 30-year process. Now, granted, the overall population was much lower in the 1880s in the United States, so that 8 million was a higher percentage of the overall population. But we're talking about more people have illegally entered the country right now than live in 36 states since Joe Biden became president. Think about how crazy that is. And and also, when they say, oh, they can't vote, we all know the point is, for them, they think they will be able to vote. The whole point of the amnesty bill is to legalize them, and then at some point transition from that legalization into full voting rights. And the party that they think is responsible for taking them after they came in illegally, legalizing them, and then giving them the vote, is going to benefit from that. This is not a complicated uh you know conspiracy theory or something this is pretty straightforward and i would note it's not just new york city that's having this this uh, situation play out in a way that's challenging for democrats though meaning the migrants who are here right now and the cost of them to the city uh this is also on daily mail they're they're talking about uh, a chicago reparations activist named howard ray has uh, demanded um reparations and a carve-out from property taxes for black households, I'm, I'm quoting here, saying Chicago's migrant surge was hurting African Americans. Other black Chicagoans have taken to social media to slam Mayor Johnson, mayor of Chicago, over $9,000 payouts to migrants to cover their rent and help furnish their apartments, saying it is pricing them out of long-standing black neighborhoods. They are using our taxes to... Demise, that's what it says here, our communities. Um, they're using our taxes to support and advocate for the illegal immigrants, and we are getting pushed out. So, you know, you've, you've got black voters, uh, or, you know, black individuals, voters in Chicago coming forward to say, we can't even afford 
to live in some of the historically black neighborhoods of Chicago because so many migrants are showing up with cash given to them from the tax proceeds of the people living in Chicago. You know, it, it starts to hit home for people, right? They start to see what's really going on here. Well, and you mentioned, I mean, where you played sports in New York is now a migrant. The uh, refugee they, camp. They turned, the soccer fields I grew up playing soccer on and, and baseball and, uh, um, you know, whatever. They're now refugee camps. And that is happening all over the country. I mean, there are a bunch of people in Chicago, as you're mentioning, uh, in an inner city neighborhood, suddenly where their kids were playing sports, they're getting taken over to now be refugee centers. And, uh, also what they're setting up, and I think this is important for everybody to recognize is, let's say Trump wins. Let's say Trump wins in 2024, and in 2025 he brings in our friend Stephen Miller, and they say, hey, Biden let in 8, 8 million plus illegals. We're gonna start taking back control of the border. We're gonna shut that down, and also we're gonna deport millions of illegals. The AOCs of the world are going to show up dressed all in white, curled up in the fetal position, crying, because the process of detention and removal of millions of illegals is going to be incredibly expensive and incredibly complicated and, I think, incredibly difficult politically to pull off. And so they know that when they let these people in here illegally, to your point, yes, down the line, they would like to make them voters, they would like to make them citizens. We know that that is the long-range goal, but even in the short term, once they're here, it's very difficult to ever remove them. I mean, that's the reality. When you got millions of people, it's hard to move millions of people back to their home countries. We'll also think about the incentive for, uh, particularly cynical politicians. You know, if you're, if you're trying to advocate, uh, on behalf of, let's call it a half a million illegals who are living in your city, uh, or who are living in your state, and it's more than that in some states. Um, the the political incentive is, well, y- you want to get them legalized and voting as soon as possible, right? Uh, you know, you, you're not going to benefit from being on the wrong side of that issue if, in fact, they do become legalized. Um, and and I think what you're seeing, and this is why that Swazi uh, election in uh, for for Congress that happened out in Long Island, the special election for the Santos seat that was vacated, is troubling. Is I think you're going to see Democrats playing a bit of defense on this, lying a ton and playing a bit of defense because the whole plan in Biden term two or whoever the Democrat is term two is going to be amnesty, wait, pathways to legalization, full stop. Um, that's what they it was what Obama wanted more than anything else. It's what a, the next Democrat administration will be geared toward more than anything else. Also, and I, I will admit to not being on top of this legally. I didn't know this. Remember, Buck, all of these people count for purposes of congressional districts. Even if they're not voting in the short term, they count as the census for congressional districts. When you look at population collapsing in California, New York, Illinois, three blue states where they have complete control of it, there are millions of illegals that are now going to be living in those states that will count as a part of population yes. for congressional districts. So you're taking away the representation rights of actual American citizens by counting illegals for purpose of congressional representation. And I think a lot of people don't understand that that's the case, but I don't know. The number is around 750,000 people, I think, per congressional district. I'm, I'm rounding there roughly. I think that's about right. Um, in many of these blue states and many of these blue cities, they're going to be counting millions of illegal immigrants to help craft and design those districts to try to get as many blue seat congresspeople in as they possibly can. I mean, those of us on the right who have been warning about where this was going for the last, call it six years, everything we've said has come true. Everything we've said has been reality and has been proven to be so. And now the Democrats, after running their playbook, after getting it to this point, are um, they're just hoping to bring it across the finish line. And they're hoping to fool people into thinking that there is joint responsibility for this. There is not. There is not. So it's very, very uh, troubling for the future of the country. I wish I could say otherwise. No doubt. Valuables in your home need to be properly protected, whether it's jewelry, important documents, guns, gold. You want a safe to protect them. 
And more than 2 million Americans have chosen Liberty Safe for this once-in-a-lifetime purchase. Over 32,000 of them have posted glowing reviews online. Uh, an American-made, remember these are made in America, Liberty Safe fits anywhere, more than 30 models, two dozen colors, thousands of custom options to help create the safe of your dreams. Guaranteed for life if yours is ever damaged in an attempted break-in or a fire, it will be replaced free, the best warranty you can get. Uh, you can shop for Liberty Safe right now slash radio for a customized Fortress Strong Liberty Safe. Uh, use coupon code radio for a 10% discount for supporting Liberty Safe's made in America by Americans. You'll also get a free $60 value locking gun vault with your Liberty Safe purchase reserved for members of this audience. Again, use coupon code radio at libertysafe.com slash radio. That's the best way to get yourself set up with one of these safes right now. Buck's got it. I'm getting one as well. LibertySafe.com slash radio. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton making sense in an insane world. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2 of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, hour number two, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Encourage all of you to go subscribe. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. You won't miss a moment of being able to consume every single minute of the show, broken down by hour. Also, you'll get Carol Markowitz, you'll get Tudor Dixon, and more additions to that podcast universe coming, as well as additional uh, commentary from Buck, maybe down the line in the near future, more from me as well. Good stuff. You'll love it, um, and you'll be able to hang out. Plus, we all want to say thank you to our Clay and Buck VIPs, who can now watch all three hours of this program streaming live uh, behind the paywall at clayandbuck.com. A lot of you there, and we certainly appreciate all of you. Uh, a couple different stories that are uh, that are out there that we want to hit. We've been talking about uh, Biden in California, nearly trips going up the stairs, the continued questions about whether or not he's going to be the candidate. What in the world's going on with Nikki Haley? Why is she still in the race? We'll break down some of the Donald Trump town hall going forward. But, Buck, some of the stories out there I wanted to make sure that we address because otherwise you're not going to hear very much about them. 
And this is one part of that. Uh, everybody, uh, reacting last week to the shooting that took place at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade celebration, uh, in Kansas City. Kansas City coming off of the largest number of murders in the history of the city. Violence has been rampant throughout Kansas City. And, uh, the shooting appears to have just been a dispute between young men uh, in fact, two young black men. Uh, so all of the arguments about how we needed more gun control, about how we needed uh, to repeal the Second Amendment, which I saw some members of the sports media making, they've all vanished. And the latest bit of news here, and I'm reading, this is shared by Colin Rugg, who does a good job uh, collating a lot of different stories and, and spreading them on uh, social media. Uh, the firearm used by one of the men charged with the shooting in Kansas City was stolen, according to court documents. Uh, shortly after the shooting, you'll remember President Biden made the most of the shooting and demanded an assault weapons ban. None of that would have changed anything that happened in Kansas City. Now, Buck, it's a bit confusing because they've charged two juveniles with crimes. They haven't exactly, they haven't named those juveniles. And they haven't said exactly what they did. Maybe there was more than two shooters before all is said and done. But these two men, both adults, have been charged with uh, second-degree murder, both black guys in Kansas City. And, again, this just circles back to the conversation we had last week, but also this week. People don't really want to have a conversation about violence because it would require acknowledging that black men are overwhelmingly responsible as a percentage of the population for violence in America. And there's a huge segment of white America that is terrified of being called racist if they happen to look at the data and say 3% of the population is committing over half of all murders. And by the way, most of their victims are black as well. You know, I I watched with Kerry the exchange on the Bill Maher show uh, between Ann Coulter, who is a, a friend of ours, and and Van Jones, whom I know from my time at CNN, and it was uh, it was instructive. I mean, Anne is far more well versed in the law and certainly the truth about firearms than Van Jones is. But Van Jones doesn't care because he's there to emote on behalf of the Democrat Party line on on the. They were speaking about Kansas City, to be clear. They were speaking about this shooting on that show right after it had happened, and uh, what what you see is. Uh, Van Jones, when he's pushed on this and brought up the issue of broken families and, and Bill Maher even occasionally threw in things to show that he knows a little more than maybe some of that audience of leftists would expect about this. The, uh, illegitimacy rate between black families and white families, effectively children born out of wedlock, uh, between white and black families until you get into the sixties was very, very close. I mean, meaning yes. that. That black families were intact families before the creation of the massive welfare state in America and LBJ and the Great Society programs. And since then, now I think now it's over 70% of, of, uh, black children are born out of, out of wedlock. Um, and that, that's something that she brought up. Van Jones in responses, if you're wondering, you know how we stop violence? And he said, yes, black on black violence in cities is a big problem. He said, you know how we stop the violence? More, more city programs. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, you, you don't get to be lecturing the country about the need to stop gun violence and then turn around and say, you know, if we just had more, you know, night basketball programs and after school, you know, programs and, and uh, they've, they've tried all this all over the place. It doesn't do anything. Okay. It doesn't change because the fundamental structure of the family in poor neighborhoods has been destroyed by the Democrats, and they refuse to deal with this because, one, they don't want to admit that they were wrong, and, two, they don't want to lose the power that the state has to pay the bills of all these individuals effectively, right? I mean, in New York City, Clay, it's something like 20% of the city is living in subsidized housing. 20%, one in five people in a city of 8 million. Um, and, and what you all, just real quick on this, Clay, what you also see is the wait for the facts, they don't want to wait for the facts because the point isn't stopping gun violence, okay? Uh, everyone should remember this. The next time there's a shooting that's like this, that involves black men, not a 
you know, psycho white guy who's shooting up a movie theater or something. But when it when it plays out in this way, it's immediately gun control for 24 hours until the name comes out. And then we find out, oh, gun control and assault rifle bans wouldn't have done anything, but they've scored the political points they needed for their side. It's not actually about addressing the problem. They won't address the problem. Here's a stat for you, Buck. I, I wanted to look it up and make sure we got this right. Uh, according to Brookings Institute, in 1965... 24% of black kids were born out of wedlock. 1965, not that long ago, right about time the Great Society started. 76% of black kids at 1965 were born inside of marital homes. It's now 70% of black kids are born out of wedlock. Think about, I mean, again, that's since 1965. So for people out there, because you know one of the arguments that will be made is, well, this is a legacy of slavery. That That's the argument now that is made. This is part of the systemic racism that black America has to deal with. Uh, the family unit has been devalued for generations. Okay, 1965, a lot of you out there listening to us right now were alive in 1965. 76% of black kids born in families. Now, 2023, 2024, it's up to over 70% of black kids are born out of wedlock. That's a massive change, and I think the data would reflect, Buck, that we have created and incentivized that to occur with the policies that we put in place. And you you can dig into it a little bit more. It's not just because people say, oh, well, well, out of wedlock. I have a friend who was born out of wedlock, and he's great. What we really mean is fatherlessness. No dad in the picture. No father figure around, no remarried uh, dad even, or anything like that. We were talking about there's no father figure, and when this happens, and it certainly does in other communities, it happens far too often in uh, among you know white uh, white families, white individuals across the country. You have similarly bad outcomes, high high levels of drug abuse among you know, particularly among men, high levels of you know young men uh, of incarceration, high school dropout. The data on this is screaming. It, 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 yes. There is no, which is why you know what Van Jones said uh, to Anne. If you saw this on on Bill Maher when he when she pointed this out, that would be great if it were true. All they can do is deny. All they're left with is a denial of the facts that are so clear and have been clear for decades. But destruction of the family unit and the replacement of it with the state is unfortunately ideologically embedded in the left and the Democrat Party. I'm glad you mentioned. This, because I do think it's important. We have a lot of single parents out there listening. And this is not designed to attack single parents. It's unfortunate that any single parent has to do the job of both mom and dad. But the data, you may do a fabulous job. And there are certainly, uh, exceptions to the overall rule. Your kids may grow up. They may be the most successful human beings on the planet. Remember, Barack Obama and Bill Clinton were both raised by single moms. So there are exceptions. But as a general rule, you don't want to try to be the exception. You want to put your kids in the best possible position, and government policy is failing kids. I know someone who runs a hedge fund who takes far more drugs than any person should, okay? Like, mm-hmm. I've known someone in life. He is wildly successful. Wildly successful. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to tell people, hey, don't do a lot of drugs. It's bad for you. Yeah. Right. There, there. Now that's a particular outlier situation, but I'm just saying that there are always going to be people who overcome the difficult circumstances. It's not to malign any individual's circumstance or family. It's to look at at a policy level. How do you encourage? This is what marriage does. Marriage is the social and religious encouragement of family formation. Right. Now there are people that figure out other things that work and some people never get married and they make it work and their kids are pretty happy. Although we could have a conversation about, well, then why not get married? Point here being, stable family formation is essential. The Soviets, the communists, they always destroy this. They want control of the family, and they want to turn family members actually against each other by elevating the state above mom and dad, above your brothers and sisters, because then they completely own you. Then they own your mind. They own your soul. There's a bit of that in the Democrat approach to all of this, too. And you see this with the welfare state. What they want is the state in place of dad, the state in place of a husband. And so then you're going to keep voting for whatever it is, you know, whoever it is that's promising to continue and perpetuate that relationship because the absence of that 
is terrifying to you because who else is there to gather together with you and and deal with the tough times? Family formation is absolutely critical. Is there one person, Clay, right now in the sports world? Is there one very prominent black athlete? And I ask this honestly. I don't know. You would know who speaks about family formation and its importance in the black community. Is anyone talking about it? Tony Dungy is a coach who has gotten criticized to a large extent for arguing about the father has to be the head of the household and the dad has to raise his family. I, you're hitting on a really important. Criticize him for that? Oh yeah, he gets gets criticized. Google, Google Google the amount of attacks that Tony Dungy has gotten. Remember, Barack Obama said this early in his presidency. I think there is a huge opening. Uh, and I don't think it's just black men, although certainly black men, if you look at the data, are absent higher rates than any other group. I think Hispanic, white, or Asian. That's what the data reflects. But this is a part of masculinity crisis in general. And I think about this a lot because I have three boys and I'm trying, hopefully, to raise them to one day be good dads and be good husbands and to be heads of households and be able to be successful in life. A lot of men, we have elevated women's uh, choices and opportunities, and I think that's a good thing. But there's a difference between elevating and pulling down. And I think a lot of men, if you look, I mean, just basic college, 60% of all college graduates now are women, Buck. Women, there are women listening to us right here. I think one of the reasons why women are so connected to the Democrat Party, single women, I think single women have been sold a bill of goods. This is a big, this is a big idea. We could probably dive into do a whole shows on this. But I think they've been sold the idea that you'll be happy if you are, if you do X, Y, and Z. And a lot of those things push you away from wanting to be a mom. And I think a lot of single women out there want to be moms and they're told, go pursue your career, go have all this success. And they try to make you feel bad or make you believe that you can be, you know, the, the, the boss, um, what's the, what's the phrase like, uh, boss lady, boss lady in all aspects of your life. And the reality is, it's really hard to be a great mom or a great dad and work a hundred hours a week or 80 hours a week or any of those things. And so if you go look, but you were single for longer than me, but a lot of what single women are told is what single men would dream. Obviously, like sex with uh, no Clay, strings I, attached. Like you've lived through this more I, than I, I could did, do. But. I could do a whole podcast just on what it's like to be single in America in a major city today. And the accrued wisdom of decades of going through it, uh, and it's bad. I mean, not not the wisdom that part's good, but the the experience that most people have, or I should say that the culture. There are obviously exceptions. There are people listening to this who have built families at a you know at a young age in major cities, and they're very happy. But I'm saying the culture is doing exactly what you talk about, which is encouraging the pursuit of things that no one cares. I'll say this: one of my favorite things that. It was kind of an offhand comment he made, but Tucker, during one of his monologues a long time ago, when he was still at Fox, before Fox, you know, did what they did, um, he said, oh, yeah, you know, because women, they shouldn't have babies. They should all just be trying to, you know, make VP at the marketing firm. Now, it's a little, he's being, you know, a little provocative with it, right? He's, yeah. It's meaning to poke people a little bit, but his point is, unless you really want that, why do you care? Meaning, unless that fulfills you, for most men, what fulfills them is to be in a place where they can provide for their family. Now, if you have a two-parent or two-income-earning uh, household, you're part of that mission together, but that's the, the point. The point is not the self-congratulations of, you know, I made VP or, or, you know, I made partner at the law firm. Guys don't get excited about that just because it's, look at how great I am, it's, I can support my family. You can be the guy going to the construction site every day. Your hands are dirty. You're working long hours. It's really loud. What keeps you going with that? Yeah. You want to provide for your family. You want your wife to have good and your kids to have good food on the table, a nice, safe place to live, you know, and comfortable clothing on their backs. And that's why you go through what you go through. Men and women are built differently. There's a nurturing component for women. That's a, sorry, we're good. It's like we're getting into I, a Jordan fired Peterson up about conversation. This. Uh, the mask, the, 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 all of this to me comes back to men not doing their jobs. Yeah. Well, we can get into more of this. What do you all think about this, uh, family formation conversation? 800-282-2882. Have you downloaded the prize picks app? Well, I've been using it week in and week out. It's the easiest way to play daily fantasy sports. Glenn and I have both been having a lot of fun with it. 
You just uh, pick based on whether you think someone's going to do more or less than whatever sport it is you're interested in. Hundreds of players featured, any number of sports, pro basketball, college basketball, hockey, golf, soccer, even esports. Clay, do you know what esports are? Are your kids into esports? I, uh, yeah. I mean, there's a new, every time there's a new Fortnite that comes out, my kids are in front of the computer. They play the Madden and FIFA and all that. Yes. I'm, I'm freakishly good at the FIFA soccer game on PlayStation. Don't tell my wife that. What, yeah, I was like, going to say, what does Carrie think about that talent? Does not, a, I only play when she's gone. That's, that's <laughs> like some guys have guys night out. I have guys night in where I play video games. Anyway, you can win up to a hundred times your money with as little as four correct picks. Turn $10 into a thousand dollars. Prize picks gives you quick withdrawals and a huge selection of players, sports, and stat types. It's so easy, even I've been using it. Download the prize picks app this basketball season in particular. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code. Download that prize picks app. Use Buck as the promo code. They'll match your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. So again, from the app store, download prize picks and use promo code Buck. Making sense in an insane world. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton show. A lot of you wanting to weigh in conversations we're having. We also want to play, uh, you in a little bit, the audio from Trump last night, uh, talking about who his VP pick, VP pick might be. Uh, but Aaron in Maine, uh, you actually hit on something that I have been driving home with in just private conversations. I don't think I've been on the air talking about it. Um, you've been married for 10 years, but no-fault divorce. I, I think this is huge. I think this is massive, but I'll let you make the argument, and then I want to build on it a little bit. Uh, Aaron, what you got? Um, so, so like you said, that I am married for 10 years this April, been with my wife since high school, so uh, 15 years. I just actually had my 33rd birthday last week, and... When it comes with, like, no-fault divorce, I believe that if we were to get rid of that, um, it would be a start of a way to improve relations of people in my generation and younger about how that they look at relationships. Um, I, because, I, you keep making your argument, then I want to build on it. I, because um, with, with that, they have to think about the consequences of um, of getting married and make sure that they actually want to be with the person that they are with instead of just willy-nilly get married, get a divorce, or um, just go around doing the hookup culture. Yeah. Thank you for the call. So, Buck, I don't know if you've given any thought to this, because you're recently married. I, ideally, unless my wife leaves me in the next couple of months, uh, I'll be 20 years married in August. Um, so this whole concept of no-fault divorce, I understand why it became and why it came into existence in the 1950s and 60s, because the idea was... Women felt like they were not able to leave abusive relationships. This is the argument. And we don't want to get the courts involved in trying to assess who is at fault and who's at not. I actually think no-fault divorce shouldn't exist, by and large. Now, both parties just really want to get done, and they don't want to dive into it. I think you should have the ability to do that. But, Buck, let me give you an analogy here. And I bet you haven't even thought about this, but I've seen people, uh, you know, getting divorced and, and thought about it some. Fortunately, I never did this in family law, so I never practiced in it. Imagine if you had no-fault car accidents. Imagine if we just said, hey, every car accident that happens, we're not going to assess who was to blame. We're not going to assess overall culpability. Just every car accident that occurs... We're going to say there is no fault on anybody, you know, that driving around in cars is inherently dangerous. Ultimately, what you would incentivize, Buck, is you would incentivize people who are uh, able to, if you drove around in a crappy car and you saw a fancy car, you would just drive right into it because you would benefit. You might get a nicer car from getting in an accident with a fancy car. If someone breaks up a marriage, if you walk out on your family, you shouldn't get in my opinion, uh, without kids, things like that, why should you get alimony? If you are the fault person in a in a relationship, and I know there are, uh, this happens, I think, a lot. There are people out there listening, nodding along. Somebody decides, hey, well, I'm sick of this relationship, and you don't have the money, and you walk out, and then you cheat on your partner, or you don't like them, you don't want to be with them, whatever the reason is, and then the person you walk out on has to pay for you to continue your life? Wow. How does that make any sense? Like, you shouldn't be rewarded for being the fault party. 
one of the problems is that the family courts are really, uh, I, I would argue, a violation of the Equal Protection Clause because they are actually skewed. People don't like to hear this, but it is true. They are skewed so far in favor of women in most states and most jurisdictions. And that would have made sense back in the days when, you know, women were expected to be the ones raising the children. And this was and all they about never families. had jobs. They but never made now, any money. Yes, that's right. You know, now you get people that, you know, a, a woman, she's like in her mid 20s and some other guy with more money comes along or she's in her early 30s or whatever. And she decides it's time to trade up. You get a lot of that going on. Look, I grew up around this in New York City where in, in that case, it was particularly among some of my these were my friends fathers okay and my uh so my peers dads many of them and i'm very grateful that my parents have been married 45 years they just had their 45th uh or 45th wedding anniversary it might have been 46 sorry mom and dad i think it's 45th but anyway point being um i had a lot of friends whose dads decided oh this happened a lot around Wall Street, right? You gotta remember, I grew up in New York City, late eighties, into the nineties, Wall Street. Some of these guys start making a lot of money. Yeah. You know what they do? They said, all right, well, thank you for, you know, popping out two, three, four kids for me. Now I kind of want the, you know, the, uh, the Swedish model who's been like uh, our friend's <laughs> nanny for the last couple of months, yeah. like who's, who's 24. I think I'm going to give it a shot, you know, with her, you know, and try this whole get married again thing. That was very common in New York, and I can just tell you from my friends who went through that, it was doesn't matter how much money there was, doesn't matter you know how many nannies there were to pick up the slack, it was very emotionally and psychologically damaging to those kids, and I still see those scars on them to this day. My parents, by the way, credit uh, 55 years, got married back in 1969. They're both going to be 80 this year, uh, so happy 80th birthday to... Uh, Norman, Liz, Travis, who are down in Florida right now, um, having a good time trying to get away a little bit from the cold weather. Uh, we got a pastor who wants to weigh in, uh, John in Saratoga Springs, New York. Uh, John, what, what do you see? Uh, you obviously spend a lot of time, I'm sure, ministering to, uh, to families in difficult straits. Yes, that is true. Um, well, listen, here's the thing. Let me give you some bona fides. I've been married for 30, Four years this year, have five children, and they're all doing awesome. I love my wife. Congrats. Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, the thing about it is this, and I do this every time I marry somebody. I tell them, look, the job of the man is to love his wife, and I can guarantee you're going to have a hard time doing it. And I always turn to the scripture where Paul talks about it, and he says, husbands, love your wives. And he says it about seven times in that passage of Scripture. It's in Ephesians 5. And so I stress to them all the time, guys, you are the success of the marriage. You need to learn how to love your wives, and you need to love them until your eyeballs fall out of your head because you're going to die trying. That's how hard they are to love, but you've got to do it. <laughs> and most guys can't do it. You know it. You've been married 20 years. Uh, Clay, you, you're going to learn it. It's hard to do, but if you do it and you stick to it, your children will thrive and life will be good. It isn't easy, but it'll be good and better. Thank you for the call. And again, there's a lot of single parents out there, and we're not trying to single you out. I know the difficult. I, when I had my first kid, Buck, mm. I can't imagine trying to raise a kid or kids plural doing the job of mom and dad. You may do a fabulous job. Your kids may be perfect, but as a general rule, the best way for kids to, to, to have success is with look mom and dad at home. You know, no, no one's, no one's perfect. And, and we sit here, you know, I was telling Claire this before, you know, I've as over the course of writing my book, maybe that's just an excuse, but I put on like 10 pounds. And so when I sit here, I talk about, you know, putting down the cheesecake and getting to the gym it's generally applicable that that is a good thing. If yes. somebody out there happens to also be in the more cheesecake than gym club recently, it's not an attack on anybody. It's not, you yeah. know, we're speaking about things that are generally true for our own benefit and for everyone's benefit. And when it comes to family structure and certainly when it comes to the data, uh, the sociological data on what happens in the absence of fathers and all this, these things are generally true and it's up to every individual to know well what are the circumstances that you've overcome that you had to deal with you know your challenges 
You know, no one else is passing judgment, but what is generally true is something that needs to be discussed because you're also trying to get the most good outcomes for the most people in this country, which is true as a function of policy. It's true as a function, I think, of just the way that Americans think about family and think about uh, what it means to be successful and have and have a a um a, a life. You know, happy is a happy comes and goes. Productive and worthwhile, I think, is always the um the goal, right? Happy yeah. is great, but that'll that'll you know, no one's happy all the time. If you are, that's a whole other thing. I would also say that it's not only what you learn, it's what you learn not to do. So a lot of you out there listening to us may have gone through divorce in your families. You may have been raised by a single parent. You understand that better than most, right? If you're a dad out there who dealt with an absent father figure, you know what that feels like in a way that a kid who grew up in a two-parent household doesn't. And so... You mentioned athletes earlier, Buck. I think this is a really important aspect that needs to be examined more. There's a huge part of our society today that lives right and talks left. And I don't remember the first place I saw that phrase. I think it was actually the New York Times editorial page. But it said, if you look at really highly successful Democrats, they all, by and large, what do they have? Nuclear families, they have a mom and dad at home, they tend to uh, raise their kids, put them in private school, they do all these things that they tell people they don't need to do themselves, they talk left, but they live right. And, and, and that's you what also, you'll see with athletes too. A lot of yeah, you, And you can be, you know, if you're making $30 million a year to play a kid's game, yes. um, you are insulated from a lot of bad choices, at least financially, economically. Um, I don't think necessarily spiritually and in terms of your long-term mental health and outlook on your life, but you are, if you're making big money to be in the NBA or any professional sports league out there, or you're an actor, you see this with actors who really, you know, Hollywood stars that, you know, the Kardashians, I was going to tell people, they're like, well, Kim Kardashian got away with doing X, Y, or look at the video she put on the internet. Like, yeah, she's a mess and she's also a billionaire. So she's going to be able to get away with more stuff. And she came from a very rich family in the first place. Um, the decisions that you make for most people are going to be, uh, have more painful, certainly financial consequences earlier on. So look, what do you all think about this? 800-282-2882. We're talking, yeah, it was my, my parents' 46th wedding anniversary. Uh, 46. That is so awesome. Gotta, I forget how old I am and my siblings are now. So I, I never know like what the actual, 46. You said your parents are on what, which, 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 uh, 55. My parents were old school before it was old school. They were married for a full decade before I was born. So back in, they got married in 1969. Uh, I, I had what at the time I thought were old parents because they were in their thirties when I was born and growing up in Tennessee, you can imagine like everybody started having kids like 22, 23 years old back when I was a kid. Um, now it's very common for people to get into their thirties, but so they were married for a full decade before they had my sister and me. And, uh, yeah, they, they just, they, this year, sorry, will celebrate their 55th wedding anniversary. So we've got old photos of our parents' weddings. We've got VHS tapes from early years of the kids, probably little clay running around causing all kinds of problems, doing things his parents told them not to do. How can you enjoy that stuff today? Well, Legacy Box can come through for you because Legacy Box will take those old VHS tapes, that old media you can't watch anymore, and they will make it so you can enjoy it digitally, right? They'll transfer it into digital files that you can have in the cloud. So it's just basically a link that you click on or a thumb drive, however you want it. You know, that's why it's so important to use Legacy Box now because over time, these things fade, the tapes start to fall apart. You want to do this, and it's also so much fun because while you're putting your legacy box together, I saw this with my uh, with my in-laws, you get to go through these old videos and photos, and you get to relive those memories a little bit, and then you know you're going to really enjoy them when the box comes back, and you can watch them full length. Legacy Box specializes in this, and they've done it for my family. They've done it for Clay's. Send them your aging tapes, film reels, print photos, whatever old media you have, and they'll care carefully transfer everything and return it along with brand new digital files. A million and a half families have benefited from Legacy Box. Clay and I have relied on it for our families. Go to LegacyBox.com slash buck and save 
That's LegacyBox.com slash B-U-C-K for 50% off their regular prices. Subscribe to CNB 24-7 and never miss a minute of Clay and Buck while getting behind-the-scene access to special content for members only. We are when you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my this idea of what do is that is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know. Okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Joined now by Eric Hovde. He is a businessman from Wisconsin, one of our favorite states, of course. And he is running for United States Senate on the Republican side in a critical race against Tammy Baldwin, the incumbent Democrat. Eric, great to have you on the program, sir. Welcome. Good afternoon. Great being on your show, gentlemen. Appreciate you making the time. So uh, let's start with this. What are you going to do differently for the folks of Wisconsin than the representation they've been getting by the incumbent Democrat Tammy Baldwin? Oh, uh, a whole lot of difference. Look, Tammy Baldwin has been a career politician, has spent 37 years in politics, Last 25 in D.C., she's never operated in the real world, uh, never had a, a private sector job, never has had to buy insurance for herself. I've operated multiple different companies, created a, you know thousands of good-paying jobs, but I've had to buy health insurance. I've had to deal with all the issues that tie into our economy. And, and as most politicians, they just have no economic competency. They don't understand how the economy works certainly not our modern uh, financial uh, economy. So my big number one focus is the economy. Uh, we're hammering middle and uh, lower income people and fixed income people with uh, inflation. You know, real wages have declined in this country uh, because of the rate of inflation. And we just keep digging ourselves deeper and deeper in debt where we've added more debt in the last three years three and a half years in our first country's first 230 years. So, you know, she's voted for everything with Joe Biden 95.5% of the time. Eric, we're going to get back to some serious questions here, but I know you live in Madison and you're a big Wisconsin Badger fan. What in the world has happened to your basketball team? They've fallen apart. 
It is so frustrating. You know, thankfully they beat Maryland last night in a close game. But, I mean, to be up consistently in the first half and give it away, I'm not quite sure. I mean, to me, the shot selection has been absolutely atrocious at the end of the game. Uh, You know, they were uh, with Minnesota neck and neck, and they had the ball, tie game. All they needed was a two-point shot, and they have Tucky Hepburn taking a three when it, it, you didn't need to do that, they were scoring all their points driving to the basket. So uh, it, there's something that's gone wrong with this team because they were number 10 in the country, and now they're out of the top 20. It's unfair. All right, I had I had to get that because you're right. They were a top 10 team. They've fallen apart here in the Big Ten season down the last couple of weeks. So Wisconsin, we're going to be up there. We need to get you on in person when the Republican National Convention is going on in Milwaukee. I'm sure you'll be campaigning like crazy there. What are you hearing from people on the ground in Wisconsin that is motivating people the most right now? Is it immigration? Is it the economy? What are you hearing from Wisconsin voters that they are most fired up about as we sit eight months from Election Day? I would say the two things you just talked about. It's the economy because people are struggling. There's no question about it. Biden loves to talk about his his jobs, jobs. Well, if you look at the increase in jobs this year, most of it has been second jobs. It's people working two, two jobs, uh, and they're having to do that because what inflation has done to them. So I think that is the biggest issue. Immigration, though, is becoming more and more significant in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, they just took – we have a town called Whitewater, 12,000 citizens. They just took and dropped a 1,000 people, migrants, illegal immigrants into this community. Now, think of it. Our country is already struggling with having enough housing and medical services and care for our own citizens. Now you take this community of 12,000, you basically increase the population by 8% overnight. Uh, You know, people can't get access to medical care. I don't know if you guys saw what happened in Denver, where they literally put out a notice that medical system, residents don't go to the emergency room. Because we're overwhelmed. Well, what what are you going to do if you break your leg or you're having a stroke or you're having an allergic reaction to something, you know, you're just supposed to sit there and die or suffer? I mean, this is the insanity that what's happening. The other issue that is very relevant to a lot of people, and it breaks my heart, is, you know, President Obama ended the war on drugs, what was it, 10, 12 years ago. And every year since, you just the amount of loss of young life due to opiates and now fentanyl, and look at where all that fentanyl is pouring over from the southern border. So uh, you hear that a lot of people who have lost loved ones. And then I'd say the last issue is crime. You know, the the left has given us probably the dumbest idea of the last hundred years, and that is defund the police and go soft on criminals. And crime, I was just in uh, South Milwaukee Everybody was talking about it. A woman was saying, my car's been broken into four different times. I called the cops one time. They said, did did you get physically assaulted or hurt? And she said, no. Then why are you bothering us? I mean, it's it's stunning what's happened to to a lot of our major cities. We're speaking to Eric Hovde. He's running for a critical, critical Senate seat up in Wisconsin in this cycle against Tammy Baldwin, the Democrat incumbent. And Eric, uh, you have a unique perspective, I think, to bring to the, the border crisis issue because you've been involved in philanthropy, building homes for people in developing countries around the world. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, so I started the Hubby Homes about 20 years ago and rescuing street children because if you're abandoned to the street or you lost your parents or whatever it may be, uh, and you're living in a third or second world country, you have uh, been afflicted by everything, not just homelessness, uh, a lack of food, all the rest. But quite often these children are abused, sexually trafficked uh, and, you know, become glue addicts to suppress their hunger and and their emotional pain. So we have built homes nine around the world that takes children in, not only gives them food, shelter, clothing, but we give them skills, training and, you know, education, but most importantly, we provide them love because the human soul thrives on love. Everybody wants to love and be loved, and these children have never had love. So it's it's Christian-based, 
Um, we have three in Central America. Uh, one of them explicitly deals with young children that are sexually trafficked. Uh, all of them touch that issue. We have uh, four in Africa. One deals with pulling children out of slavery that are uh, captured or sold off into on Lake Volta. There's still a lot of slavery in Africa and India and China. So th- these are the what the homes do, and and you know it's providing loving care to those that have least. Thank you so much. What can people who want to support your candidacy, and we look forward to meeting you in person in July. Uh, up in Milwaukee, but for people out there who want to help you flip this seat back to Republican control, how can they help? Well, she's one of the three most liberal Democrats there is, votes with Biden 95.5% of the time. So go to Eric, E-R-I-C, of D. That's H-O, V is in Victor, D is in David, E is in Edward. Eric com. Love everybody's support. And guys, thank you so much for having me on your show. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I hope all your listeners have a fantastic day as well. We appreciate you. If you want to go see Eric's announcement, it's up at clayandbuck.com. Also links to his website there. Good luck, sir. We'll talk to you again soon. Fantastic. Take care. We'll tell you, we were just, you just heard me talking, um, with hopefully the next senator from Wisconsin, big Wisconsin Badger fan. Wisconsin Badgers fallen on hard, hard times, uh, here in the last couple of weeks. Started off the season very strong, top 10 team. They've lost a bunch of games lately. Uh, maybe you feel strongly about how the thing games are going to come down the stretch here. I love March Madness. And once football season is over, I pivot and I go all in on college basketball. And we have got a ton of great college basketball games tonight. Florida's at Alabama. Probably the best matchup that is uh, in the top 25 that's going to take place. Duke at Miami. Uh, several different games that are uh, that are really on the horizon there. You know, you can pick more or less if you know these teams and make fantasy picks through our friends at Prize Picks. I'm going to give you some more picks on Friday, uh, but I was playing with it uh, last night. I was interested in that Missouri-Tennessee basketball game uh, on the road, Columbia-Missouri. Uh, hit on one, lost on the other one, but lots of fun gives me reason to be rooting for individual players. It's really simple. All you do is you look at the stats. For instance, college basketball, points, rebounds, assists. Is a player going to have more or less? You click on it. Boom, it's easy to do. You can win up to a 100 times your money with as little as four correct picks. That means you can turn $10 into a thousand dollars quick withdrawals with prize picks huge selection of player sports stat types what makes it so much fun it's daily fantasy sports pick a game that you're interested in go check out individual players basketball hockey tennis soccer golf even esports whatever you're into prize picks can get you hooked up here's how you get started you put a hundred dollars in they'll give you a hundred dollars back they will double your money right off the top if you go to prizepicks.com slash clay. This is available everywhere, by the way. Uh, it's available in California. It's available in Texas. It's available in Georgia. If you're feeling left out and you want to have a little bit of prize picks fun, go check it out. Sign up today. You put in a hundred dollars. They will double your money, give you a hundred dollars as well. I don't know very often where you can say, uh, on a radio advertisement, Hey, if you put $100 down, they'll double it. You want to put 25 down, they'll double it. 50, 75, up to 100. All you have to do is use my name, Clay, when you deposit, and boom, you'll be well on your way. Again, prizepicks.com. Use my name, Clay, C-L-A-Y. I'll give you some fun picks on Friday to get you ready for the weekend. That's prizepicks.com. My name, Clay. One more time, prizepicks.com. My name, Clay, C-L-A-Y. Download and use the new Clay and Buck app. Listen to the program live. Catch up on any part of the show you might have missed. Use your CNB 24-7 subscription to get access to the guys. Find the Clay and Buck app in your app store and make it part of your day. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. 
Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.